between the madness and the magic You show up like you do And I'm caught up Trying to reason, wrestle with every move My God, I'm wrestling with you But still you let me see through Within the distance and the doubt And I've allowed to come between Perfect grace is poured out And your mercy's clearly seen Struggle in a dream I wake and you're still blessing me and more listening, less talking I'm living but I'm walking Your touch leaves me with proof More praying, less stress And the bias that I get caught up in You arrived to point it out By calling out my sin And Lord, I'm mesmerized again To surrender is to win, yeah More listening, less talking I'm living but I'm walking
Faces in the seats, and uh, we we're still monitoring the situation. But everyone that uh, has had the virus is doing better, and so we're continuing to pray for them. And um, so next Sunday evening, hopefully, we will get to celebrate trunk or treat with our kids. That will be outside. Uh, Carrie asked me to announce because of the time change uh, that if you would, the vehicles that are going to decorate and get ready, if y'all would be here, start decorating at 445, and then we will start with the kids at 515. So that's next Sunday. We are scheduling uh, that and hoping that that will take place. Uh, but once again, we will monitor it uh, each each day. So just kind of stay with us on Facebook and look for text, and and we'll keep everybody up to date. But so far, uh, things are going better, and uh, that that's the game plan. Uh, also, today is Debbie Wilson's birthday. I know many of you have probably seen that on, on Facebook. Don't know if Steve or Debbie are watching. But if they are, want to give a, a shout-out, happy birthday to Miss Debbie. And I hope she has a, a great day and hope she's surrounded by family and able to celebrate uh, all day long with, with the loved ones uh, that she loves so much. So hope she has a, has a happy birthday. So... We're going to pray, get started, and uh, then get it, uh, get into God's Word. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Uh, we thank you so much for being with all of our folks during this difficult time. We, we thank you for our, our, our medical people that are here at North Point and are on the front lines every day. Pray that you would continue to protect them. And uh, Lord, all we know to do is to worship you to keep our focus on you, and to be as safe as we possibly can, make good choices, good decisions, uh, but keep our faith and our, our ground solely in you. And so, Lord, I pray uh, these next few days, these next few weeks, that we would look to you, depend on you, Watch for you and your activity in, in everything that we do, in everything that we say, and that, Lord, we would be able to uh, celebrate with each other uh, once again very soon. So, Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you would, I'm going to be looking in Acts today, Acts starting with chapter 7. Then reading all of uh, chapter 8, uh, this is a time when the, the church was getting started. Uh, Jesus uh, had defeated death, hell, and the grave, and yet the religious leaders still didn't accept that. 
Uh, it was still something that they were against. And so we were looking in Acts at a time when there was still chaos, confusion, and, and struggle going on. And we look here, we're going to be looking in a time uh, when Stephen was preaching, and, and we're going to see that it, it cost Stephen. Uh, in chapter 7, starting with verse 51, Stephen says this. He says, you stubborn people, you are heathen and at heart and death to the truth. Uh, you don't hear the truth. It, 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 the truth was here. The truth was alive. You saw it. You touched it. And yet you rejected it. You killed it. And so now Stephen is projecting to these people. He says, you're stubborn. You're heathen. You, you have a hard heart and you death to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? Now, I, I don't know if, if, if you understand, but if you hear those words, those are stinging words. Those are accusatory words, and yet Stephen is preaching truth. Now, I'm sure the religious leaders of that time did not like hearing what Stephen was saying. And yet, he was telling them what they needed to hear. He was telling them truth, and he, and he was giving them an opportunity. He says, your ancestors did it, and so do you. In other words, resisting truth. He says, name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. He's basically saying what I just said. He, he's saying Jesus was here. He, he, he brought life, and you put him to death. Verse 54, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told him, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. When he said this, it, it sent them over the edge. They, they went from infuriated to, to just couldn't take any more. In verse 57, we read, they put their hands over their ears, and they began shouting, and they rushed at him and dragged him out into the city, and they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats, and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And at this point in time, Saul was an instigator. What he was seeing with the Jewish leaders being infuriated and, and, and pushed to the limit, he was applauding. He, he liked what he saw. And so now, the fact that Stephen was preaching truth is fixing to cost him with his life. And it says, they began to take him out of the city and it began to stone him. And as they stoned Stephen, prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 
And he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. What am I saying today? I'm saying that Stephen preached truth. He was telling them exactly what they needed to hear, and it pushed them to a point of, of rioting. It pushed them to a point of destruction. It pushed, pushed them to a point of drawing blood and taking Stephen's life. And we see Saul here who's in complete agreement with this. Now, in Acts, it tells us this, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Now, this is something that, that we haven't seen here in America. But it frightens me for the little ones that we see at North Point Church. and What their future holds when it comes to persecution. And if we as, as, as spiritual men don't take this word to heart, then our daughters, our sons, our grandkids are going to pay a price. And they're going to face the same thing that Stephen did. And it's going to be here quick. Now, we see in Acts what we're supposed to see today in us. It says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now, I want to say this. In that day and time when they killed Stephen and Saul was running rampant, uh, it was chaos. It, it, it was confusion. It was, it was a hard time. But they still preached Jesus. Now, Stephen had just preached truth to the Jews, and he, and, he, and, he, and he was pointing to Jesus in the fact that he was being brutally honest with those that would listen. They then, and us today, have the opportunity to accept Jesus, to accept his word, and to see truth for what it is, or to reject it, just like the Jewish leaders did in the book of Acts. Now, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria, and he told the people there about the Messiah. And look at verse 6. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now don't miss this. Here Stephen was killed. Christians were being persecuted. There was chaos, and yet Jesus is still being preached. People are still being healed. 
And in the middle of all the chaos, there was still joy. Now, a lot of people cannot understand that, but that's what Jesus brings to the table. He brings an opportunity for healing. He brings an opportunity for salvation. He brings an opportunity for new life. And just like in the book of Acts, today there are people that want to, to shut that up. There are people that want to, to keep that down. But we are to preach Jesus. We are to teach Jesus. We today are to proclaim Jesus when it's, when it's in good season, when it's in bad season. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. And they listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed. This sorcerer believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. And as soon as they uh, uh, arrived, uh, they prayed for new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy his power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lift my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this for the heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Pray for the, to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, that these terrible things you have said won't happen to me. And after testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. Now, Saul was still at it at this time, and he was still persecuting these Christians, but they still went, they still preached, they still lifted the name of Jesus. Continue to look. It says, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, 
And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. And seated in his carriage, he was a reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, the Lord told Philip during this difficult time to go south, and Philip went south. Now, he sees this, this Ethiopian, and in verse 29, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So Philip ran over, and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He, talking about Jesus, was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life? was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Today, what is the good news? Well, God loved you and I so much that he, long ago, he sent Jesus, his son, the spotless lamb, the one with no sin, to come and show us how to live and to show us how to have eternal life. Today is no different than the day in the book of Acts. We can talk about that. We can, we can point to that. And today people will understand it and accept it. Or they will radically want no part of it and push it away. Then, as the church was starting, in the book of Acts, the church was persecuted. Christians were persecuted. Today we see that more and more. Is it something that we like? No. But I say this in the midst of chaos and confusion Jesus is still the way to eternal life. Jesus is still the answer to every problem that you and I will ever face. And that's the truth. He came so that you and I can be forgiven of our sins. He came so that you and I can, can have a new life. 
so that we did not have to go back to or live in those sins again. And today, I choose to be a Christ follower. And today, I choose to preach Jesus. Wherever that takes me and whatever that looks like. Just like Philip. Now, when he shared this good news with this Ethiopian, it says they rode along and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water. And Philip baptized him. And they came up out of the water. The Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And I've never seen that, never been a part of that. But I believe it. The eunuch never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Astus, and he preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. As a youth pastor, I took a youth group to Pigeon, well, Gatlinburg, to extreme winter. And there was a black man who gave his testimony there many years ago. And he was Ethiopian. And he was able to share how he could point back to the time that his life changed. And it was to a time of chaos. It was to a time of persecution. And he read Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 40, detailing the account because what happened, and I'm sure Philip didn't realize this, was he converted a man who was going back to a country, but he had influence with the queen. And he took Jesus. And that black man, back many years ago, talked about how that made a difference in his country, in his queen, and how it was handed down generation to generation. And because of that event, he had accepted Christ, and he was a born-again Christian. Because of Philip, because of being obedient, because of going from town to town and preaching Jesus. That's the key. Now, I want to say something today, and I know it's not popular. And I know I, I receive a lot of grief because of it. But I want you to know I've heard the words and read the words of John Piper this past week, and I happen to disagree with him. And that's all right. I happen to stand alongside brothers like Franklin Graham, James Dobson, Johnny Hunt. If you follow them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Now, I want you to understand something today. 27 years ago, Bill Clinton became president, and I, 27 years ago, started saying then that there was a shift in the political realm. I started saying 27 years ago that we better be careful that the Democratic Party was getting too far left. And that hadn't changed in 27 years, my dear brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, it's gotten worse. I said 27 years ago that I couldn't understand, based on abortion, homosexuality, now today transgender, the gun issues, uh, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's there, but I, I could care less when I look at the freedoms that we are letting slip by. What I'm saying today is that I'm scared for my grandkids that one day they won't be able to go to church and if they do worship it'll have to be because it's underground or they're in hiding. Now, do I really think that that'll come, I believe with all my heart that it's headed in that direction. Now, what's going to happen this week? I'm here with my brothers, and I will tell them today, I do not have a clue. I, I, Democrat, Republican, who are we going to have for a present? For me, for me, it's about the kingdom of Jesus. It's about preaching and teaching Jesus. It's about having our religious freedom and maintaining that. And whether Biden's in the White House or whether Trump's in the White House, next week I'll continue to preach Jesus truth, Jesus, salvation, Jesus, the only way to get to heaven, and people will accept or people will reject. It happened in Acts. It happens today. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, there is one way, and his name's Jesus. And he came so that you and I could have eternal life, and we could have a life that's an abundance. And I'm thankful for that. And today, I grab hold to that. And like Philip, whether it's here in Gaffney, or whether we're in Pigeon Forge, or Gatlinburg, or Myrtle Beach, or wherever I have an opportunity to be, I'm going to preach Jesus and his love salvation and in the midst of chaos in the midst of persecution 
we see that when that happened, people came to him. And what we didn't finish after we read about Philip and this eunuch was that the next thing to happen, Saul, the very one who persecuted Christians and agreed with the stoning of Stephen, Saul came to Christ. He saw the light, and he became a Christ follower. Now, I don't know what's going to happen these next few days, but I do know this. I know we have an opportunity. I know we have an opportunity to talk about the love of Jesus. And we have an opportunity to point people to him. Those that look at the situation and feel like there's no hope will now look and know that they have hope because of Christ and because of what he did. And that's the good news. And I challenge you, brothers and sisters, regardless of what happens this week, to keep your focus on Jesus, to keep your faith in Jesus, and to rely on him in the days, the weeks, the months, and the years to come. If you can do that, you'll see the work. You'll see the miracles. You'll see the majesty of God. And that's my prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Philip. I thank you for the disciples. I thank you for the apostles. And I pray today that you would be with us as we walk the face of this earth. That, Lord, we would always point to you your great love, your great forgiveness, your great salvation. And it would bring life to many. It would bring hope to this world. It would bring salvation to those who would accept it. God, today is brothers today. We ask that in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen.